Welcome to Brand Agony, I'm Alan Black. Every episode, we use the soothing power of stronger language to solve a problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today, we're talking about value propositions, or to put it another way, why is it so important to find the value of your offer to the market? To answer this thorniest of questions, I'm joined by as fine a collection of proposition whittlers as you'll ever meet, Black Ant's Helen Selby. Hello. And Shan Ross. Hello. Hello both. So, onto this week's letter, which comes from Omar in London. Dear Black Ant, I work for a B2B software as a service company. Despite our success, I can't help but think our messaging feels confused. I reckon we need to define our value proposition, but the powers that be are not convinced. Right now, they just want to get our new website up and running fast and see the revenues flow in. How can I sell them on the value of value props? Yours, tortured by muddy messaging, Omar. So thanks for your letter, Omar. This is an interesting situation, to say the least. Often in those senior positions, particularly founders or people that have been there for a long time, uh, there's there's a kind of a lack of, you know, understanding of what a value proposition is. It's just kind of accepted that, you know, this is what we do and this is what the customer understands. And uh, our view, it's crucial to define it for everyone in the business and to make the the, the business essentially face the customer square on. Uh, or as I sometimes like to say, remember, you are not the customer. So as always, we'll tackle this one in three steps. Diagnosis, treatment, and staying healthy. So as ever, over to the diagnosis table. <coughs> so Helen, um, value propositions can often be misunderstood. Before we get into trying to crank the arms up Omar's colleagues' backs and uh, yield them into submission. Um, perhaps it might be a good idea to just go back to a few basics and define what we right now are talking about when we mention the words value and proposition. Yeah, I think we should. So, yeah, it's, it's a phrase that gets thrown around and people aren't always talking about quite the same thing. Um, But for us, a value proposition is usually a short statement that encapsulates the value that you offer to the market. Mm. So maybe it's the healthiest cookies that also taste great um, or a software service that kills a particular problem. Um, I think the value proposition boils that down to its core. So normally we'd give that a couple of supporting pillars as proof points. So for the cookies, it might be low sugar, natural ingredients, that sort of thing. Um, it's not about financial value. It's really important to, to make that point, I think. Mm. Um, unless your differentiator does happen to be your price. But for most, that's not the case. And it, it certainly won't be for Omar's brand as a market leader. Yeah. And go back to those cookies. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm only interested in high sugar cookies. Um, so, <laughs> yes, you know, uh, yeah. the, 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 the more unhealthy, the better. Uh, mm-hmm. In a sense, then, it's, it's solidifying what sets you apart from the market. So there's, it's not quite, positioning but it's it's kind of it's playing in that kind of area um Mm -hmm. great tasting cookies to use your example you know easy to find you know on the shelves of the supermarket but um something that's that tastes really good and is also an inverted commas healthy well that feels new that feels like it differentiates that feels like it's that that that's starting to wrap up a bit of value for the customer um uh, and this this sense of the value proposition is, is taking this kind of this idea and bundling it up um to promise the customer what value they're going to get from the product the service this kind of um i suppose it's the answer in a way to the why should i give a monkey's uh sort of question um uh, so do, do you reckon here that this kind of failure to 
pin things down and to kind of get this distinction, you know, um, defined, I suppose, might be at the root of the problem, Helen. Yeah, it might be. Um, it sounds like they might not understand how really pinning that value proposition down can lead to revenue, which is what Omar's bosses seem to be focused on. So maybe the thing we need to address is that education piece. Because mm. um, I think it sounds like there's a belief that the words on the page just happen. But for that content to be successful, it needs to be underpinned by strategic thought. That's how it consistently lands with the reader and really speaks to your brand because otherwise the whole thing's just going to be on shaky ground. Yeah, we talk a lot about um, our job being understanding the the customer's um, commercial imperatives and Mm -hmm. translating the kind of commercial strategy into the language strategy, into the brand and making sure the two are kind of glued as closely together as they, as they possibly can be. So it's really yeah. about an ex- extending the, the, the strategy. Um, and to do that, you've also got to think about the customers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's absolutely. kind of important. Um, I think we may go back to customers and, and not, not too far from now, but um, mm. it, in a way it, it just, it, it defines everything. It gives everything a nice, really simple shape. And it, it's then, hopefully about that revenue winning messaging falling out the the other end of the process because it's all been nice and neatly defined um yeah that's the dream um um thanks helen anything else um shan uh that you think we should consider here yeah, I just I want to come back to what you said about that glue, because um, I think that's really um, important here. So the value proposition is the glue that holds your brand and your messaging together with your offering. Um, and that's something that does need to be clear to the entire business. It's no good just being in the heads of a few people at the top. And um, so, you know, they might think that they've got a grip on the value proposition and they might think that it's obvious to everybody else, but it just because they know it doesn't mean that everybody else understands it. And the consistency that Helen was talking about is going to come from judging all content against the same thing. And that should be the value proposition. Mm. And that just can't happen if the value proposition isn't written down somewhere, if it's only, you know, a concept in someone's head. Um, So yeah, pinning it down will just give them something that's easy to communicate throughout the whole organization and it should be a neat summation of their value to the market um, and will be crucial um, and they should keep that at the heart of everything they do. Yeah. It, it needs to be something that's really unambiguous, really short. Um, and I, I think for me, it's got to be completely free from any kind of pretension or complexity. Um, th- those mm-hmm. those for me are, are really important. Um, a- another another little thing that's maybe worth exploring here is this um is, is a misconception that can creep in, which is uh, hey uh, yeah, isn't that just another name for a mission statement? Um, not that's not quite right, is it, Shan? Um, no, no, it's not. Um, I can sort of see where the confusion comes from. Um, your value proposition should work alongside your mission statement and your vision statement, but it is a distinct thing and it's important to have it alongside those things. Um, Your mission statement and your vision are more about where your company's going. What do you want to achieve in the long term? Whereas a value proposition is very much rooted in the now. It's the value that you can offer to the market right now. And it is the thing that you then go on to prove with things like case studies. You know, that's what you're giving your customers. Um, your mission or vision statement that is 
it it talks about what you do, but it talks more about your plans to um, maybe become a market leader in something or maybe, um, you know, the the company's goals, what will the company become? But the value prop is entirely focused on the customers, the benefit to the customers. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about, I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, recant our mission and vision, but, um, you know, our, our mission is along the lines of solving the whole, you know, brand language problem for customers and doing that in a really neat way, but I won't read the whole thing out. The, the mission, the vision statement is more about this idea of, a, 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 you know, giving everyone a voice, uh, a distinctive, clear voice, blah, blah, blah. Again, not going to read the whole thing out. So that's where we'll get to. The vision is almost like where you might get to when the business is done, when it's finished, you know, 30 years time, right? You know, it's done, right? The mission is more the kind of like the day to day. This is why we exist stuff. But you know what? A lot of that is just irrelevant. I completely buy it. Um, it, it it's it's what you're kind of getting at, Shan. And I think this is really what you've what you've nailed here is really important. That stuff's about the company and what it thinks, right? Um, that's not saying anything about the customer. You were talking about the market, the customer, the benefit for them, and. If we're not getting that right, then good God, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to get very far at all. So I, I think that that's been really helpful. That's kind of, I think that kind of distinction that you're making um, is, is really helpful for people to understand, you know, what each one of these things are. I think you probably need them all. I don't think there's many businesses that don't need a mission and a vision and a, a value proposition. I'd be kind of surprised to hear of any that, that feel they don't need them, but um. Dispelling those misconceptions about those is, is the most helpful thing rather than people just dismissing each of these things out of hand. So yeah. I, I suppose the next bit now is now we've done a bit of definition and sort of started to kind of pick apart the problem, um, figure out how we might resolve the challenges. So uh, let's move over, as is, as is our usual custom, to the treatment room. Is that the same bottle? Is that still going? It is the uh, the Mentos supply is running low. Um, they are absolutely delicious. Um, Helen, what are the treatment options here for Omar? Um, well, I think there's obviously a fair bit of resistance to overcome. First of all, so he needs to convince his bosses that they actually need this value proposition. Mm. So the reality is that a value proposition should help increase revenue because it speaks directly to the audience's needs, which should boost conversion rates. So surely they'd want every visitor to get the best pitch possible. Um, and that's essentially what the value proposition enables. So that's kind of the way he has to, to phrase it, you know. I mean, this this all sounds wonderful. Um, and I, I, the way you put it there um, almost makes me think again, why wouldn't you want one of these? Um, so how'd you go and how'd you go about actually building one, you know? Well, the first thing to say is that you should get everyone involved. So by everyone, I just mean people from all areas of the business. You know, it doesn't literally have to be every person, but you're going to end up back at square one if you only talk to the people at the top table. So alongside those people, you need to get someone from marketing, someone from sales and so on and so on. And um, so just assemble this crack team that represents the breadth of the business because they all see the business in different ways. Um, and I think that quite often those who've had more direct customer contact have a much better sense of why a product or a service is or isn't successful because they're the ones dealing with customer questions and comments every day. Mm. So talk to your assembled team, find out what they think is the value the company offers. So why are customers choosing you over your competitors? What are the problems you help them solve? There are loads of questions you can ask and you can map them all out. Um, and I think in these discussions, you can start to find recurring patterns. So have a look at what's coming up again and again. 
And this is likely the thing that speaks most to your audience. That's maybe going to be the root of your value proposition without giving too much away. Mm. And I think that, that again, feels like a really, you know, good way of, of persuading somebody that, you know, this should be done. When you start to understand how it's assembled by bringing together a team and we've got, I, I won't go into our kind of the ins and outs of how, how we would construct this, but we have a, a really detailed process that makes this happen and certain, you know, I suppose rules around about who gets involved, uh, how the process is run, how long it takes and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, you probably want to set that out at the beginning as well. Um, and, but, but I think the other key thing to say is that although we've been sort of banging the table saying this needs to face the customer in the market, right now what we're talking about is something that's very much, you know, within the business. It's still that kind of navel-gazing um, process. So um, for me, um, I think if possible, not even if possible, you almost put it as a mandatory really, uh, you really want to go a step further and speak to the customers and figure out a kind of um, a kind of edit of the the main session, an edit of the some of the questions that you're asking there, and probing to find out what the customer thinks um, matters, and that can either validate what you found, enhance it, um, put you down a different path, cut off some directions that aren't going to be fruitful. Having that discussion mm-hmm. with customers is just so valuable. Um, totally. So it's something that you know we, we absolutely advocate. Um, and who wouldn't want again? Who wouldn't want to find out what customers think? You know, um, yeah, you don't. Totally. They don't have to build the products. They might not know what the product might look like, but they'll have um, concerns and they'll have um, things they want to achieve in their commercial lives. For example, that will inform mm-hmm. what the product could be. So we're not saying they need to be able to, you know, say, yeah, yes, we need one of these things. It's more about what's the underlying kind of impetus behind it for the customer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Shan. Any other treatment options that we should be uh, lining up for Omar? Yes. So while I completely agree with what you and Helen have said, um, and in an ideal world, that is entirely the way to go. But it sounds like Omar's not really living in that ideal world. He's he's in a bit of a trickier situation. Um, he's not. He may not be given the freedom to start and build a new value proposition with the team from scratch. Um, it might be a bit too much of a hard sell. So I think, maybe a midpoint, a compromise. Um, Maybe he could do a bit of reverse engineering to try and get the value proposition out of those senior people's heads and, you know, find out what they think it is and then formalize it somehow just so it can be communicated out a bit more widely. And, you know, then he can start turning it into something that people can actually use and will be practical and will start to create that consistency that Omar's looking for. So short of some sort of... um mind probe um how, how how might we go about doing that um well you would need to just to find out what's in the senior team's head that's just a case of talking to them and um you know just doing a bit of delving which could look a lot like the process that helen was talking about before um but in terms of rolling out something that's very practical um you know you would do that with maybe a messaging matrix that would be a good way to do it um so that is the thing that will make sure that people are focusing on value when they're writing content and what a message messaging matrix looks like is it's a set of example headlines and supporting content that have all been created very carefully to reflect the value proposition um and then it 
gives people those messages to use in everything they're communicating out um, so that it always links back to the value proposition. So it's sort of like a cheat sheet. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that word cheat, because I think what, what it sounds like we're doing there is we're kind of, um, we're kind of um, putting a, putting a, a kind of cover over the value proposition, sneaking it in a little bit under the, under the, the premise of it being a messaging matrix was the messaging matrix, I think is something that uh, when you show a, a client it, they can immediately get it, even if they're not particularly enmeshed in the marketing world, they can get it and they can see how it works. Whereas a value prop perhaps for, um, less marketing kind of switched on clients um, perhaps feels a little bit more hypothetical uh, but you kind of need to do a bit of the messaging you, know, you need to do the value prop kind of piece before you can do the messaging matrix bit but you don't need to tell you don't need to tell the client that you're doing the value prop yeah, yeah exactly that will just sit there and invisibly yeah. linking all these messages together but it tell, won't necessarily tell Omar. be seen as a value prop Omar, yeah. Omar gets to know yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you finished it all, you can then sell them the value prop as well. So all good. Um. So sounds like we've got you know lots and and lots of uh, options here for Omar, depending on you know how much um he feels you know his powers of persuasion are able to get the bosses to engage with the process. But I, I suppose either way, there there's a definite an agreement that, that the value prop is really important and. It is the way to make sure that you have this consistently powerful content that speaks to the audience. Um, and once you pin all that good stuff down, I suppose there's there's just the last issue that we need to talk about, which is staying healthy in the long term. Which I believe um, just to you know announce this, it's, it's Helen's go up at the Heart Podium again. So, yeah, let's let's hear it then. Wow. Um, so I just have something in my throat or, and something in my eye as well, I think. Um, how can we take those treatments then, Helen, and develop them in the long term? Um, how can Omar stay brand language healthy, Helen? So it's about reinforcing the work of the value proposition and making sure it's central to your other work. Mm. So, you know, keeping it in mind. So for every major bit of content, you should be asking the question, does this align with our central value proposition? And if the answer is no, you need to justify why not. Um, I think there will be some cases where it won't align, and that's not necessarily a problem. It's just going to depend on your audience. So, you know, for example, mm. the value you present to customers will be different to the value you would present in a report you're writing to regulators. That's totally normal. You just you need to be flexible in these situations and think about how to make small adjustments. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And and when you said that about like customers and regulators, the classic one that we get is, uh, oh, can the uh, value proposition that we're we're writing for investors be the same as the one for customers? And you think, well, the investors need to see what your value proposition is for cu- for for customers, but. Those are two different value propositions because the value, the promise of the value you're bringing to the investor audience is different from the promise of the value that you're bringing to the customer audience. They're two different audiences, but you know they're, they're obviously common cores there, and the investors mm-hmm. need to see the customer one, but they should have their own carefully crafted uh, messaging that you have nailed down in order to, to secure that. I don't know that series, whatever funding that you're that you're looking to get. Um, yeah, nothing's absolute, I suppose. Um, and you know, sure. think about that audience. Um, that's great, Helen. Um, any any tips, um, Shan, from you? What do you reckon? Um, 
so once the messaging matrix, if that's what Omar decides that he needs to do, the messaging matrix approach, then I'd say just make sure that people are using it across the business. And, you know, that that keen eye on that will keep the messaging consistent, um, even though the value proposition's not explicit. Um, and what you said about nothing being absolute, I would say that applies to the messaging matrix too. So just check it, check that it still applies, update it over time, make sure it's developing along with the business. Yeah. I also think, again, to go back to my earlier thought about smuggling in the value proposition, I suspect that Omar could do that and use the messaging matrix as a, as a way of doing that. And suddenly you've got a bit of content um, that that's, that is essentially the value proposition. And if it's well, if it's well written and well thought through, the the bosses are all going to you know love it and see and see that it's powerful and mm-hmm. you can by stealth then say do you know what that or something really close to that is our value proposition and I, I think that's something that 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 can be done as well if you're really up against it hopefully nobody's living in quite such a you know bizarre kind of a maybe slightly toxic culture where you're denying the kind of uh, the the fruits of modern management and marketing thinking <laughs> you know um and you know Omar's coming up with all these great ideas and he's been knocked back all the time hopefully um it's not a place like that and hopefully they would they would buy it once they see that it's something that can that can help the business um and for me it comes back to this idea of um you know being clear about what you're presenting to the world and the whole business being clear about that um you know from customer service through to pre-sales through to finance you name it um you kind of have to give people a reason to care and you know, the people in the business need that and the customers need that. And if if you're struggling to pin that down, well, your messaging is just going to be fundamentally flawed and uh, rocking about all over the dance floor, unable to find its footing. Um, for me, that, that pretty much sums up the way forward, Omar. Um, it's over to you now to start selling the value of value propositions. So, thanks for listening. We will be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony. For more on brand language, messaging, content training, and tone of voice, visit blackad.co.uk.